Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Can you believe it? It's Halloween season already, and in Douglas, the holiday is not just for kids. Have you ever traveled to a place while reading a book based on that place? It's a lot of fun, and you can do just that here in Michigan when reading a Landon Beach novel. Grand Rapids is blessed with tremendous entertainment venues, and they're sure to have a show of your liking this season. And where do the wild things grow? In Ypsilanti during Ipsy Glow. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about it. I usually say that for the for the segues. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I'm glad to be back with you again this week. I can't believe it. It's already October. I mean, October. How did that happen? But we are here, and that means that uh, we are fully now getting into the Halloween season. And before you know it, those kids will be out there doing that trick-or-treat that they love to do, and we love to see them, of course. And there are all those other things that we get to do at this time of year around our beautiful state of what we like to call Pure Michigan. So we're going to give you some examples of some places that I think you're going to want to go to in the next few weeks uh, to enjoy this time of year. Let's start out today's program in West Michigan in the cute little town of Douglas. Saugatuck and Douglas is how we normally talk about this area, but we're going to kind of concentrate on the Douglas area because of a fun event they do at this time of year. Let's bring in Aaron Wilkinson. Aaron is an organizer of the Douglas Adult Halloween Parade. How are you, Aaron? I am quite well. Thank you for having me. That's great. Well, you know, a lot of people may not have heard about your real fun parade that you do, but before we get into that, let's talk about Douglas itself because it is a great little town. It's a fabulous town. It's it's a I I like to think of it as a well kept secret. Yeah, well, it probably is. You know, we were uh, kind of briefly mentioning before we went on the air that normally when I say Douglas, and I tell you, I'm I'm one of those people. I, I'll say Saugatuck Douglas, mm-hmm. and because you're you're so closely knitted together, and the communities are similar, but they have their differences as well. Um, I guess I would describe both as very art friendly for one. Yes, absolutely. I like to say it's two towns, one community, because I think that we, you know, together, Saugatuck and Douglas really behave like one community because we're, you know, sisters or brothers, if you will, um, in, in partnership. But we definitely have our, our uniqueness in each. Um, each. Each one has kind of their own, their own special little offerings. I'm trying to think of how I would describe Douglas uh, to somebody who's never been there. How, how, would, you, how would you describe it? Douglas is known as the Village of Friendliness, and it's an appropriate uh, title for it because it's a, a very small town, um, but it has a very large town feel in the quality of the art galleries and the restaurants and the stores, and the people that are, are there in Douglas are just so incredibly welcoming. I hear 
all the time when people come to the Halloween parade, what a great time they have going to the local restaurants and shopping at a time. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, very welcoming to all. And I love that. And and I guess I would describe the uh, kind of the storefronts as being similar to like almost a Mackinac setting, except they're almost all like one level. Yep. And uh, so that kind of quaint, old timey look that I think really makes um, a visit to Douglas really special. Now you have a big event coming up and it's, you know, late in the season for you because, you know, summer is usually huge, but this is a kind of a quieter time. So your big adult Halloween parade is coming up on the 29th of October. What do you mean by adult Halloween parade? Well, we call it the Douglas Halloween parade for adults because it starts at 10 PM. Um, and it's not that kids are not welcome. Some people bring their children, but I tell them just to be ready to have an adult conversation with their kids about what kind of humor and costumes they might see because adults go all out on their costumes. And there's a lot of, um, group costumes and performances and fun things, but there also tends to be some, you know, political humor or adult humor that's there that kids might not get as much. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I attended a couple of years ago. I thought it was a lot of fun, pretty zany and occasionally really out there, but that's what what made it fun. So it, um, do people kind of just start lining up at 10 or, or what's the protocol? Yep. So people, um, we do parade lineup at 9.30 p.m. and then the parade is at 10 p.m. And they just have to show up. There's no registration required. They just show up, and my volunteers will tell them where to go and, and tell them when to go. And then you just walk down the route, and we had about, we think about ten to 15,000 people for it last year as spectators. It, it's really a lot of fun, and word has really gotten out. We've kind of, we're turning Douglas into the Halloween capital of the Midwest. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Now, you have a, a like a parade mascot, I understand. I do. I have a 20-foot-tall pumpkin king um, parade. Uh, pageantry puppet that leads the parade and he is just fabulous the crowd goes absolutely nuts my favorite part of the parade is when he first comes out the roar of the crowd is just for me the most satisfying part well of course it's at 10 o'clock at night so i'm sure you don't want to make a lot of noise but something tells me that you have some music and uh, it is a little rowdy here and there I do. I don't know if I'd call it rowdy, but I have a, a DJ and we have uh, Corporate Live helps us with sound and light. So we, it's, it's really quite something. It's concert quality speakers all the way down the route. So you can really hear the music. And it's kind of like a big street party, really. Yeah. Now, do you have to sign up to actually be in the parade or is there any like registration or ticketing to, to watch it? Nope. No registration required at all. You just show up and I tell people to get there good and early because parking is it can be challenging if you wait until the last minute to get there because yeah, there's so many people coming to town. It's a small town. Roads kind of kind of narrow here and there as well. Yep. And, and it but was one a of the beautiful reasons, area. Yep. One of the reasons we do the event is, uh, you know, when my mom started the parade 24 years ago, they used to own the drug, drug store, and it was one of the slowest months of the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she created it because she wanted to pull people to town and give them something fun to do. And I picked it up in 2012 to kind of continue the the tradition and honor her memory and um, it really has become a huge economic you know stimulant for our community because it just pulls so many people to town there's so much fun stuff to do ahead of time so. another great reason to visit douglas at this time of year is the 29th of october this year the douglas halloween parade for adults starts at 10 p.m wow for information go to douglashalloween.com and aaron wilkinson thanks for being with us today by the way that parade rain or shine or snow you never know it, it happens. 
Hey, we're going to talk to an author about uh, Michigan-centered books next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. How many times have you traveled to a place uh, where, just by chance, a book you might be reading is focused on that place? That that seems to happen to me quite a bit. I'm a I'm a big uh, uh, Robert Ludlum fan. I think I've read every one of his books. I like those mysteries, those those novels that kind of get into you know. Um, the various spy things and whatever. I just love that stuff. And and quite often while I've been in a place, uh, sometimes in Europe for business, uh, the book I'm reading is specifically about that that place. Well, I, I really think that adds to your travel experience as well. And, you know, there are some books that are based uh, here in Michigan uh, from a variety of authors that, that as you travel around, you might find yourself thinking, hey, you know, they're writing about the place I'm I'm visiting. We're going to talk to an author next that might be able to provide you that opportunity because he's written uh, several books uh, that uh, feature Michigan. Let's bring in Landon Beach. Landon is a uh, Michigan-born author. Landon, I actually don't know if you're living in Michigan now or if you were born and raised here and then then moved on. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me on. I was born and raised in Michigan, so I'm a proud Michigander, but I live down in Florida now. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, you know what? One of these days when you want to step it back up, you can come back up. We understand. So Absolutely. <laughs> I, I do love to, to come back home. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like the fall or the summer in Michigan. Yeah. Winter as well. <laughs> eh, it's funny. I, I hear that a lot, but uh, that's that's the way it goes. That part is for another day. Let's Let's find out a little bit about you. Um, I know you obviously grew up here. Uh, what's, what's your backstory? How did you become a professional author? And so I was born and raised in Michigan and graduated high school and went to the United States Naval Academy, and I became a surface warfare officer. And then after six years of service, I became an educator, both at the collegiate and the high school level, and was writing all along. And then in 2018, I put out my first book, The Wreck, and six books later now, uh, I'm writing full-time. Wow, congratulations. And I know that's not an easy journey. I have a lot of friends who are either uh, travel writers or in the media one way or the other, and a few of them have started to publish books. And I'm always amazed that you have to get that first book done and then you kind of figure out that whole system. So who's your publisher? I agree do with you, you. Yeah. Do you use one publisher or do you use several? So I am independently published. Yep. I have my own LLC, Land and Beach Books LLC, and I put out uh, my own work. And I work with other presses locally, which we'll get to later about uh, how I support uh, local bookstores in Michigan and local presses, which I still believe are foundational and a wonderful part of the community uh, back in the Great Lakes State. That's that's cool. I, I, I'm in the, the kind of self-publishing is seems to be the way to go these days. So now it's a whole yeah, new world. <laughs> it is. Every, everything's changed. So so yeah. the, the books that you've written, I know at least some of them have had a Michigan base to them. Tell us about uh, some of your books. Sure. And so 
what I set out to do originally was to shine a spotlight on the Great Lakes area and my home state. I've always thought that the Great Lakes region, you know, beautiful and rich with history, would provide a perfect place to set stories. And that area, and specifically our beloved home state, is not featured in a lot of fiction. And so I really wanted to put a spotlight on it. And so what I did was I came up with a concept to write one book and set them on or around each Great Lake and call it the Great Lakes Saga. And they're all standalone novels, though, so it's not a traditional series so that you can read them in any order. And there's mixed genres. So a quick rundown would be The Wreck is set on Lake Huron, and that's an action-adventure trying to find the Holy Grail of Great Lakes shipwrecks because I like to put in a lot of Michigan and Great Lakes history into my books so that you feel like you're there. You know, they all have a pure Michigan feel to them, and they're a great way to travel around. And I've had... Uh, It's been really satisfying for me to hear from Michigan readers and Midwest readers that have thanked me for finally featuring the area. But I've also had a lot of readers, Dave, that have said over the past four years, because of my books, they say they want to visit Michigan and the Great Lakes. And I've had readers thank me for introducing them to a part of the United States and the world that they knew nothing about before. I'm actually, I'm not surprised by that at all, because when um, we do um, notice that books have Michigan featured in them, I'll Mm -hmm. often hear from from readers saying, hey, are you aware of this? Um, And you've got to reach out to this author and find out what they're doing. It it does. it, It gets people interested. It does. And so that's a sea adventure. So the wreck on Lake Huron, the sail is set on Lake Superior and you get a real UP feel and it's a dying father and son taking one last sail around Lake Superior Hmm. and it becomes a nightmare and goes horribly, horribly wrong. The cabin is on Lake Ontario and that's a political and espionage thriller. Hmm. The hike comes back to Lake Erie And that's an organized crime thriller. I like to think it's Breaking Bad meets The Godfather, (laughs) and I feature Detroit there a lot. And then the one that has not come out yet that I will write a few books down the road is titled The Bay, and that's going to take place on Lake Michigan, and it'll be a sea adventure. And so when that comes out, all five of them will be in the Great Lakes saga. And then a little bit more about Michigan that I write is a Sunrise Side trilogy that takes place on Lake Huron. And so you have Huron Breeze that is already out. I'm just finishing Huron Nights, and Huron Sunrise will come out this spring. And they're kind of mystery thriller hybrids, and they're your classic kind of detective trying to solve a case. And readers love Huron Breeze. I originally planned it as a standalone, but they love the characters so much, it made sense to turn that into a trilogy. And then the final book that I have out is Narrator. And that's an entertainment comeback story, but the main characters from Michigan. And you can imagine this, Play Misty for me meets Vertigo, meets Misery, meets a beautiful mind. It took me 20 years to come up with the story, but that was just released in August. And so absolutely, they're There's something in it for everyone in my book, some escapism, some entertainment. And what I try to do, Dave, is I put everyday ordinary people into extraordinary situations because Michigan has a very blue-collar feel. They like to see, hey, what if I was that person and this happened? What Mm -hmm. what would I do? And I think that that is a a big appeal. And 
um, why the books have done so well. And I, I hope that we get some happy travel readers <laughs> from this interview. Well, and I, and I would guess that, um, you know, during, especially in the series, you know, the wreck, sail, uh, mm-hmm. cabin, hike, bay, that, that you might have occasionally um, a like a single hero or heroine, you know, in some ways. Do you actually write in that style or are they mostly based on the region and maybe a certain theme like a crime novel or a mystery novel or whatever? So each one basically has a different genre, and they are true standalones. And so what I like to tell people is every book that you have in the Great Lakes Saga, no one is safe. I want you completely immersed from page one all the way until the thrilling end. And without giving too much away, sometimes the heroes make it or heroines make it, and sometimes they don't. So it is not a traditional series where you know that the main character is safe because there's going to be five or six or eight or 20 more novels with that character. Um, I put a lot of work into creating authentic and original characters for each book. However, I do have some crossover where for my loyal readers that have been with me from the beginning, there will be a callback here and there to a favorite character. And the last thing I would add about the area is I think that because each one is set on a different Great Lake, you could actually go there physically and see some of the locations that I described, but also you could do it mentally as an armchair adventure. Hmm. But even better is in your car or, my gosh, with the explosion of audiobooks, I have Hall of Fame narrator Scott Brick, who I am blessed with to work with and call a friend who narrates all my books. So you can actually listen to them on the car ride wherever you're going in Michigan and get a feel that way. And, and of course, I, I know that you can you can get to the books uh, and, and find out how you can order them by going to Landon Beach Books. Com. And I recommend you do that. This just sounds like so much fun. So our thanks to Landon Beach for being with us today. That website again, LandonBeachBooks.com. We're heading to Grand Rapids next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. There's nothing like traveling around the state of Michigan at this time of year. And, you know, we've we've told you so many reasons why you should do that. Uh, And of course, as we were talking with the last guest, Landon Beach, we were talking about kind of traveling as you're reading about some of these places. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And, you know, he listed several of his books, The Wreck, The Sail, The Cabin, The Hike, The Bay, and then the kind of that uh, Sunrise Side series of books as well. Uh, it just sounds like a fun thing to do. So if you're looking to purchase one of his books, uh, they're available at Amazon. They're available through Thunder Bay Press at uh, many Michigan locations where you can get the paper, uh, you know, paper, you know, printed and, and bound books and all that. Or if you want that audio version, you can pick up the auto, audio versions wherever audiobooks are sold. So I told Landon I would make sure you know about that. And there you do. And... Uh, I'm going to look for that myself. Sounds like a, a great deal of fun. Now, speaking of fun, this is that time of the year where, hey, you know, we're not going to the beach anymore, at least not like we were, um, you know, during the summer months. And we're really not into winter yet. So we're kind of in that transition time, right? So you have a lot of time to do 
some indoor things, which might include, you know, going to restaurants and museums and art galleries. But maybe you want to check out some of our great performances that happen really all throughout the state. But I'm specifically thinking about Grand Rapids now because Grand Rapids has three main, I mean, world-class venues for entertainment. We're going to find out what's happening at those venues now by bringing in Allison Goodike. Allison is the marketing manager for, get this, the Van Andel Arena for DeVos Place and for DeVos Performance Hall. Allison, you have three jobs in one. I do, yes. But you know what? It's a great place to work because, uh, man, these are these are cool places. Why don't we first talk about these venues for people who have never been maybe to any of them for a show of some kind? Yeah, we have three amazing properties here in Grand Rapids, and they all serve our community. Uh, Van Andel Arena is just that. It's an arena, and we host two local sports teams. One is the Grand Rapids Griffins, which is the AHL Hockey League here. And we also knew this year for the very first time we will be hosting the G League Grand Rapids Gold, which is the basketball team here. They are the feeder team to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm not sure why they're here in Grand Rapids, but we are so happy that they are here in Grand Rapids and that Van Andel Arena will be their new home starting this season. Uh, in addition to sporting events, we also host lots of concerts and all different genres of music, as well as family shows. So, uh, you know, ice skating shows, monster trucks, anything like that. Um, and then we also have DeVos Performance Hall, which is a 2,500-seat performing arts theater and locally we are the home to four of grand rapids performing arts organizations which includes broadway grand rapids bringing all those beautiful musicals to life uh, as well as grand rapids symphony grand rapids ballet and opera grand rapids and then in addition to those we also host concerts and family shows as well Mm -hmm. and then lastly We have DeVos Place, which is our convention center. So the convention center serves not only for public shows like the auto show or the wine, beer, and food festival, but we also host trade shows and meetings and conferences and anything like that. We even host weddings. Well, you know, all these venues are are great. And and really, uh, for the size of Grand Rapids, it's a big town, but it's not a really big town to think that that Grand Rapids has these three really high-quality venues for events, that's a feather in the cap for the folks from GR. They were thinking when they put these together. Uh, I tell you, I was at Van Andel Arena earlier this year. It was in the summer, and we went to see Scott Hamilton's Stars on Ice. So here we were, super hot day, and then you go in and watch people skate. And it was phenomenal. What a great show. And because yeah, and we the way love that, hosting those shows well, the, as well. It's great. The way the venue is set, um, you get to see them because you're really kind of really close. It's not multiple levels of seating, in other words. I mean, the arena is, it's small, but it's big, right? So we have about 12,000 seats within the arena. Mm-hmm. But no matter where you sit, you have a wonderful view, whether it's, you know, an ice show like what you came to or if you're coming to a concert. Uh, we always say it doesn't matter where you sit. It's a great it's a great seat because uh, while it is a small venue, we do have the ability to you know fit a lot of people and bring in big acts. Yeah, and in Van Andel is located 
kind of what we used to call, I don't know if you still do, but we used to call it the warehouse district. And I'll tell you, this is a great example of what one development can do for a community. When Van Andel was built on that edge of town, mm-hmm. that was not the you know best part of town. And then before you know it, all these other developments, Founders Beer, and so many other things came about. And now that is like one of the coolest sections of Grand Rapids. Yeah, we actually are considered the Heartside District now. Um, and not only do we have Founders right down the road, which we all love, but they also just built this beautiful new complex, Studio C, which is a celebration cinema movie theater. And it's this whole complex that has restaurants and shops and then a movie theater. And it's right in our backyard. They have a hotel and some apartments. So this area has grown tremendously, uh, which is a wonderful thing to see for this city. We have the the new downtown market, which is not new anymore, but it's still new to me. Hmm. Um, It's been here for quite a few years, and and that's just down the road as well. So it's, it's amazing to see you know, the growth of the community in the last 25 years since that's, the arena opened. That's true. I think the Canopy Hotel is right there uh, by that movie complex. And the, I, one of the most dog-friendly hotels I've ever seen. It's it really pl- cool. And they have these outdoor venues you can relax in. I, what a great place. Hey, um, let's get to DeVos Place. Some of the shows that you have scheduled this year. Give us an example. Yeah, so DeVos Place, you know, there's, like I was saying, there's lots of different options. So we have meetings, we have trade shows, we have conferences, uh, but we do have a couple of public shows that are coming up, and these are returning shows that we tend to have every year, and people love them. They are widely successful. We have Jurassic Quest returning uh, November 4th through the 6th, and that is anything and everything dinosaurs. Mm. So uh, they come in and they take over uh, the exhibit halls, and that's a really fun event for all kids. And then in addition to that, we also have the Grand Rapids Comic Con returning in November, November 11th through the 13th, um, and that's everything Comic Con. So uh, Hmm. superheroes, they have cosplay costume contests, they bring in speakers and celebrities that you've seen in movies and TV shows, so that's a really cool event as well. Neat. And lastly, a returning event is our Grand Rapids International Wine, Beer, and Food Festival. If you haven't been to this yet, you have to come. It is amazing, and it features not only wine, beer, but also food from all of our local, not all, but some of our most amazing restaurants in Grand Rapids. And if you haven't ate in Grand Rapids, you are so missing out because we are a huge foodie town and we have great restaurants and they will be featured at this festival, which is November 18th and 19th. And it's the 15th annual. I can't wait to uh, be back for that event. And DeVos Place also hosts big meetings. Uh, We just had a big meeting there in August, a thousand people and everybody who works there did a fantastic job i i can't say enough about it everybody who attended this said it was the best of this annual event that goes around the country the best that we've ever had so congrats to everybody who had a part of that now devos performance hall you mentioned broadway gr um i love going to some of those shows what's what's coming up this season at devos performance hall well they kick off their 2022-2023 season with tootsie and that's October 11th to the 16th. Um, this is a really fun musical. Um, it's funny. It's a little untraditional from your normal Broadway musicals. Um, but I think it's good for anyone and everyone. So that is the 
first show. And it's really exciting because Broadway this year for their season, they're actually bringing quite a few uh, shows that we've never had before in the years of, of DeVos Performance Hall. So not only do we have their opening show, Tookie, which has never been to DeVos Performance Hall, but they're also bringing six which is uh, a Broadway musical about Henry VIII. And so it's kind of a musical from their perspective, um, which is pretty different, right, for a musical yeah, as well. That, so, <laughs> yeah, well, again, yeah, the, the, it's just going to be a beautiful um, a musical that we've never had before. So fun stuff for people to come check out. And then they also are bringing... Um, Hades Town, which has never performed at DeVos Performance Hall as well. So if you haven't gotten season tickets for Broadway Grand Rapids, I highly suggest it because you'll be able to see lots of new musicals that have opened on Broadway in New York City, have never come to our city before, but they are this year. Oh, it's just great. You know, there's so many cool things. Now, I'm going to throw out these websites really fast. DeVosPerformanceHall.com, VanAndelArena.com, or DeVosPlace.org for big special events as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Allison Goodike, managing the uh, marketing for all those venues and reminding us that it's time to experience Grand Rapids. Tremendous. We're going to head to Ypsilanti next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We sure are blessed with so many really cool places to go to. You know, we were talking about Grand Rapids and all those great venues. Well, it you know, it occurs to me, we really didn't, you know, talk about, you know, all the other things you can see and do while you're there. You know, they do have, in addition to, I mentioned the canopy, they have a lot of really cool hotels downtown. But the museum scene in Grand Rapids is really quite something. So you should consider that on your next visit. And as uh, Allison was mentioning, make sure to check out those restaurants as well. It's it's, it's really turned out to be a vibrant, really cool city that you're going to want to visit. Now, when was the last time you visited Ypsilanti? You might be saying, well, I go to Ann Arbor all the time. Well, when's the last time you were in Ypsilanti? I can tell you I've been there several times recently. Uh, Just recently, I was at the Firehouse Museum, and we're going to have our guest, I'm sure, mention something about that. But... The downtown kind of shopping area of Ypsilanti is really cool. Turns out it's a really cool place to check out. And if you haven't been there for a while, you need to do that. And there, there's a big event coming up pretty soon we're going to learn about next that might give you that, that little opportunity to head over there and to become an Ipsy fan like me. So let's bring in Amy Carbo. Amy, Amy is the uh, Director of Communications and Community Engagement with Ann Arbor's Convention Visitors Bureau, which also works in Ypsilanti. Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing all right. You know, it, you know, we could have talked about Ann Arbor, of course, all day, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody seems to know Ann Arbor. It's such a great place, and there are so many great things about Ann Arbor. But, you know, the other towns that are a really important part of the county, like, uh, you know, Dexter and Chelsea and Ypsilanti, are really worth a visit. And today we're going to kind of feature in on, on Ypsilanti. Um, I, I'm, I was mentioning the Firehouse Museum. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, it is one of the gems of Ypsilanti. Um, it's a fabulous place for 
families to go to. You know, that's one of the things we get asked at Destination Ann Arbor all the time is about family-friendly um, places to go throughout the county. And the Firehouse Museum is always at the top of our list. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it really is worth a visit. Um, and it, it does have, obviously, a bunch of fire engines. Kids will love it. But uh-huh, it has really great uh-huh. history and a lot of really old things there, too. So check that out. Is that technically in Depot Town? Yes. It is in Depot Town, and one of the great things about it, as you sort of alluded to there, is um, how hands-on it is. You know, when you have kids, as I do, and I've been through through this um, many a times, it's great to be able to go to museums and attractions like the Firehouse Museum, where it truly is hands-on. That's what gets the kids engaged and gets them interested, and, um, you know, really, but it's, it's great for all ages, um, not only the kids, but I know adults absolutely Love it and have enjoyed going there as well. Yeah, I really agree. Uh, last year, about this time, I was in Ypsilanti, and we were with the Under the Radar TV crew from PBS, and we were doing mm-hmm. some segments uh, on the uh, shopping district there in Ypsilanti. And, you know, it's funny. You know, you can drive through the area a lot. You can go to different really cool restaurants, and somehow kind of it just passes you by. You don't really kind of, you know, really notice it until you mm-hmm. have a reason. And and this time, when I was in that downtown shopping district, I just started to notice kind of the unique nature of that area and the really cool, interesting, unique storefronts. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. I know your office is nearby there. Yes, we do have a we have an office in downtown Ann Arbor as well as um, on Michigan Ave in Ypsilanti. And, you know, Ipsy has a vibe and a personality all its own. And it's so fun to promote Ipsy to, um, well, not even out-of-town residents, but even people within our own county um, who might be unfamiliar with Ipsy and all the wonderful things that it offers. And you nailed it on the head when you talked about shopping. And what Ipsy is really known for and where they shine when it comes to retail is their quirky, eccentric shops. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of them. And, you know, one of the ones that, you know, we like to promote and talk about a lot are, you know, there's a few new hot ones. Um, Twisted Things, which is on here on, here on Street. It has um, lots of oddities and curiosities in there, which really makes it a fun, fun shop to visit. Um, similarly, there's um, Stardust Ipsy, which is on Michigan Ave. Um, that's a fabulous place to go. It's kind of a mini marketplace where it sells gifts and wearables and really original one-of-a-kind types of things are perfect for souvenirs. And um, let's see another one that we really like to, uh, oh, this is a fan favorite, World of Rocks. Yeah, yep. Which is really cool. That's on Huron Street as well in downtown Ipsy. And it is neat because the staff, first of all, is very knowledgeable. And they offer unusual fossils and minerals and crystals. And it's also a place, I mean, again, for all ages. I mean, I know that I've, I've gone there with my kids before, and, I mean, they just can't get enough of it. Again, the textures and the colors and seeing all these things. If you have any kids that are interested in it's, collecting rocks, then yeah, just all fun. of us probably have had some at some time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, uh, the, the unicorn place, have you been in there? Oh, yeah, yes. That was definitely one I was going to talk about was um, um the you know that place is so fantastic it's so quirky hmm. um your, your unicorn feed and supply it's called yep. and it is you walk in there and it's just eye candy it's so fun and lively 
And it's a great place to find really unique, one-of-a-kind things. And that's what I love about all of shopping in Ipsy. Um, you know, it's all local. Mm-hmm. It's all authentic, and it's all absolutely Ypsilanti, which is so fun. Yeah, I love that, too. And by the way, you're going to love the people. Uh, I love the spirit. So you will, too. Mm-hmm. Now, perhaps you can check all those places out at the 7th annual. I think it's the 7th annual Ipsy Glow. Is that coming up yeah. on the 28th of October, right? You are correct. It is. So Ipsy Glow is coming back to downtown Ipsy, and they're actually moving location this year. They're going back to where they were originally on North Washington Street. And so Ipsy Glow um, will be there and um, with the adjacent buildings and businesses off of North Washington. And it is Friday, October 28th from 7 to 10 p.m. And this is a sight to be seen Hmm. when you come into town for Ipsy Glow. It is really nothing like you've ever seen before. It is really magical is the best way that I can describe it. Um, It includes art installations. You'll have live music and dancing, um, illuminated performers um, throughout the streets. And this is the part that I love the most about it is a luminary procession Hmm. um, down the streets of downtown Ypsilanti. It's just a blast, and it is so fun, and the community has embraced this um, this event for the last seven years, and we've been so proud um, at Destination and Arbor and Ipsy Real to be able to support um, Ipsy Glow over the years. Well, it happens between seven and ten p.m. on Correct. the twenty eighth of October. So you know it's it's dark, and that's why all these things are illuminated and lighted up. And I know you have some light based installations of some sort there as well. Yes, there is. There is. And, you know, what's great is that um, throughout the entire, you know, Ipsy Glow itself is on that particular day, October 28th. But the whole entire month of October is, they call it, it's their month of glow making, where they have free workshops the entire month throughout different locations across um, Ipsy um, for building and creating your luminaries, your lanterns, your wearables, um, glow worms, you name it. So there's workshops all month long that get people excited about Ipsy Glow and prepared for it. So it's really, you know, taking advantage of those workshops is a great way to really get involved in the community and, you know, going to workshops and seeing your neighbors and seeing your friends there and also having a chance to be inspired by the creativity of other people. Well, Ipsy Glow is coming up October 28th. It's from 7 until 10 p.m. And it really is. It's a great uh, opportunity to check out the town and, and check out that entire Ann Arbor area while you're there. Maybe spend the weekend. Uh, for information about Ipsy Glow and about the whole area, go to annarbor.org. Thank you, Amy Carbo, for being with us today. That's all the time we have. We'll talk to you next week on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling.